Hi everybody, Leanne Hollitzer here and Mason Hollitzer. We are here today with our Different Perspectives podcast that we're putting together for you guys. Uh, today we are going to talk about manifestation and um, kind of the different viewpoints of generational shifts here. Um, so I am a energy healer. I have a healing studio in Broomfield, Colorado. I offer full-time regular basis job. I do energy healing work and teach classes on energy and energy awareness. And um, Mason has been raised with me in that world. Um, so he has his own perspectives about how, what he's thought he's learned from me and what he's learned from the world around him. And we're gonna chat about it. Hi, Mason. Hi. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about um what the law of attraction is in your mind so or just manifestation maybe not even just law of attraction what do you know about manifestation i know from much deliberation on your part to make sure that i understand it that uh your thoughts create your reality so if you believe that something will happen then it's a, a lot more likely to happen Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. And if you're listening to us later um, on our podcast after the fact and you have questions or comments, feel much deliberation as far as the um, me telling you, telling you, telling you thoughts become things. So how does that translate into your space that you're in right now? Um, I would say that it actually translates in a different way than it has in the past. And I, you have to for, and I kind of have to force myself to believe that uh, my reality is going to be different than what it looks like. If that makes sense. You use the dreaded have tos. You don't have to do anything. Are you saying that you want something to be different, and so therefore you are hoping to change your thoughts? Yes. Ah. Okay. Tell me more about that. Well, I'm. I think I fell into a negative thought pattern and I really had to pull myself out of it. And I think that that kind of leads to manifesting negative things to happen. Did you believe that before this, before now? Uh, what specifically? That negative thought creates negative things happening around you? I think I knew that. You did know that? I chose not to acknowledge it. <laughs> you chose not to acknowledge it? <laughs> well, tell me more. Tell me, tell me what that experience is for you as you're kind of trying to learn. I think it's kind of like if you're in a negative thought pattern, you kind of are more likely to opt for the ignorance is bliss mindset and think that if I don't focus on it, then it won't rule my life. And if you don't focus on the negative things, then uh, they won't rule your thought patterns. And then they just root and cement themselves in there instead of you reflecting and positively analyzing what's happening. Hmm. Well, analyzing can be kind of a little bit of a trick too, right? You can get into overanalyzing and over trying to think. I mean, really thoughts become things, but if you are forcing your thoughts, it doesn't always, that doesn't always work, right? I mean, you can't force things because you have to actually feel it too, not just think it. Yeah, I think that's true. And I mean, you can't sit balled up in a corner going, I'm so amazing, life's so amazing, it's awesome, it's amazing. Right? <laughs> true, it's very true. You have to, I think that that goes back to, you have to believe it for it to be true. 
so how do you believe it if all you look around and see is negativity? I think you, if you look around you and you analyze what's happening around you all the time, then all you will see is negative negativity. But you have to put it in a more positive for yourself. Like um, if going to work is a um, feels like a chore, then it it won't be as enjoyable. And if you perceive it as a chore, then I think that it won't be have any kind of fulfillment to you. And it, but if you view it as oh I get to go to work today, I get to go do this great thing, then it really changes your perspective and allows you to think a lot more positively. Well, uh, so it's the it's the angle that you take it take this the same action. Yes, it's the very the, the Zen statement. You know, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. <laughs> so I mean, so tell me from your perspective. I mean, I I was trying to teach this to you growing up, and you had to go off and try to learn it on your own. Um, and you know, you have friends who are, are doing this. Do your friends know about this stuff? I think that a lot of them do. And a lot of them also choose the ignorance as bliss path. So tell me more. I think that if they, they refuse to acknowledge that their thoughts change their reality. No, they, so they aren't, are disempowering themselves, even though they know it, they don't choose to see it. Yes, exactly. Why do you think they're doing that? Um, I think it's because it's your instinct is if you don't know any better, then you'll make those choices. If you are in a positive mindset, you'll keep thinking positive things and they kind of build on each other. And I think that if you are thinking negative things, they also build on each other. Right. And, and you create either a mountain of positive energy or a mountain of negative energy. But you say instinct. I mean, we are naturally in my opinion, we're natural creators. Our, I mean, that's why our thoughts become things, right? Our witness to something brings it into reality. I mean, quantum physics t teaches us that. But I, I guess what I'm just wondering is, you know, I mean, I know a lot of people will come into my office and be like, if I only knew this as a kid, or if I only knew this as a younger person, I, my life would have been so different. And you kind of grew up with this message. But yeah. you got to go figure it out yourself or... I think it's a difference between being told and understanding. True. And you can be told something and hear it and know the facts of it, but still not understand it. Right. Well, and I don't know if it's, it doesn't matter that it's coming from your parent. I don't think it's, I don't think that matters as much because it's, if it comes from your teachers, your parents, uh, somebody, a positive influence in your life, it probably won't, be as impactful as you telling yourself it. Well, yeah, I mean, it has to become your truth before it like is your truth. But I guess I'm just trying to understand, you know, I don't know, your brother, your brother today said to me, so I, Ryan Forrest told me a really great tip. He told me to do all my schoolwork before I play video games and then the video games are a reward and it's working really well. And I wanted to smack my forehead because I was like, that is what I've been telling you your whole life. <laughs> um, but, he, but he was, that's what he, you know, somebody else had to tell him it finally went in. So I guess, you know, I mean, there's, you, you just got done watching The Secret. Um, tell me what you thought about that. I thought it was, um, it was a good movie about um, manifesting your own reality. 
and I, I enjoyed the aspect of it that was very much the metaphors that they would give you. But I feel like it was missing a piece to this. Like I, I feel like it was missing parts of the manifestation picture. What do you think it's missing? Um, I'm not sure what you're, what you would see as that. I, I didn't, I, I thought it was missing a bunch of stuff. I couldn't tell you. I would have to think about it for a second. But um, what did you think it was missing? Like right off the bat. Well, a little bit more about the fact that, you know, you're, we are a bundle of thoughts and, and our, and some of it comes from our ancestral programming. Some of it comes from our childhood. Some of it comes from, you know, our interactions in the world where we live. I don't think that you can just so easily say, poof, apply this and it will be, your life will be perfect. You'll have exactly what you want, the way you want it. I, I feel like that's oversimplifying it. I do think that it was missing the thoughts versus actions barrier. It was very much about the, if you have positive thoughts, then it will become your reality. Not, it, it's like the pieces will all fall together and you can just expect it to happen for you. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I kind of feel like you were kind of living that way up until recently. Yeah, I was for a long time and it was working for a while. Well, what made it break break down? I mean, think of it as an energetic concept. Like, what made it break down? Uh, the breakdown of my ego, personally. Ooh, tell me more. Uh, the breakdown of my ego and understanding uh, how your negative choices impact others. And once you really reach that stage of empathy, then I think that you start to reflect more on how all of your actions in the past have impacted others, and it makes you feel negative about it and it can't and it's hard to reflect positively when you feel like you're overanalyzing the negative things so you had a moment where you started to look back at your life and regret some of the choices you made not so much regret some of the choices that i made but understand how the choices that i made impacted others hmm. we haven't talked about this that much I, i'm curious to know more of course what you're willing to share with the entire world <laughs> <laughs> well like what specifically well, how did your ego break down? What did you What did you begin to reflect on? What caused your ego to start to break down? Did you do psychedelics? No, I think okay. it was isolation. <laughs> isolation. Okay, so we can blame COVID? And partially, yeah. I think it was, uh, I was alone for like two weeks straight, nothing to do other than alone, be alone with my thoughts. And I just started thinking and thinking and thinking about uh, myself and overanalyzing my personality my, uh, the way that I behave towards others and how others respond to the way that I behave towards them. And it really caused a breakdown, not so much a negative breakdown of my ego, but just like taking it all and laying it flat and saying, this is what, this is who you are. And this is what you, how you behave. Mm. And it's going through and picking out each of those pieces that really you go, you find certain things and you're like, oh, this isn't so great. Why, why is this like this? And then you understand, Stand it going forward. Hmm. Okay. So you were doing some, some, some deep self-reflection. Yeah. Okay. Well, and you know, I mean, I have to say, I, I think this is true. I don't know if everybody else watching or listening would agree, but I, I do think that we all have to come down, come face to face with our ego at some point um, and break it down and decide who we really are and, and not just who, what the world wants of us, but what, 
we are and what our unique manifesting energy is, what we're here to bring to the planet, which is unique to you. But I think that sometimes, you know, with school programming and things like that, there's just like here, the path is laid out for you. If you just do this path, you'll be able to be successful or whatever. And, and, and then eventually you find out you checked all the boxes and you're still you, but you're not you who you know yourself to be because you haven't explored that. I think that's true. And I think you really, it's a really breakdown of what you want and society tells you, tries to tell you what you want and they say, Oh, it'll just happen along the way. You'll figure out what you want. And I think that it's sometimes way different than what people actually, what, what you think other people want for you is different than what you actually want. And that might be hard to come to terms with. True. Expectations of others. You got to live your life based on your terms. And I, and again, I'd say, I think most of us get to that realization some earlier than others. So maybe this is good that you're, you're coming to this conclusion now so that you, cause you're just getting started. I mean, you haven't created anything substantial that, that would be difficult to walk away from yet. I mean, a lot of times people will create whole realities, marriages, jobs, lifestyles, that then they stop and go, why'd I do this? This isn't even who I am. And I think it's really hard to break down those attachments because those attachments are what holds us to from, I think you start perceiving that these, there are certain attachments that you don't want to get rid of that are holding you from what you actually want. True. So, so where are you at in this existential crisis that you're in? I'm on a, I'm on an upward trend from it. Okay. So yeah. what does that look like? Uh, it looks like uh, rebuilding your self-image and starting to uh, go forward understanding these things about yourself. And you're now stepping out of this phase of trying to understand it and now into more action. Mm -hmm. So, what I mean, you know, we're having this conversation. Where, where are your friends at? Are you sharing this with your friends? I think I, I have. I don't know if they understood what I was trying to say because I don't know if all of them have been through this really because I think that if you haven't been through it, you hear someone say it and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's I'm perfectly comfortable with my ego. And if you hadn't experienced this breakdown of ego, then I don't think that you could understand it. And I think that everybody does go through it at some point and it takes others a lot longer. Well, and I'm not saying you won't go through it again. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it, we get our egos are pretty sly, you know, our egos attach them it's to various things, right? Um, so, you know, you get certain things built up and you think you're not in, in it, in the ego. I mean, to me, the ego is not all bad. I mean, I think it's just that over identification, right? Of this is who I am and I can't change, or this is how I have to let make sure the world sees me. Or this is how the world currently sees me and I have to keep propping up this false image. Right. So. So false images, I guess I'm curious from your perspective. Um, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes you bring up my generation as parents and things like that. <laughs> um, I guess my generation versus your generation, where do you, where, where, how do you view ego? I think like, the difference between growing up, uh, dealing with these thoughts more in an isolated and with a certain group of people versus going through all this stuff with social media and being able to read all these other people who are saying 
yeah, I'm experiencing the same thing. And being able to self-identify with others or discuss it with someone across the globe is completely different than, I don't, I don't know if that's all of it, but um, I also think it's the amount of things that have happened in our lifetime, the acceleration of everything. Mm. So you feel like a lot has happened during your lifetime? Yes, I would say so. What would you, what, what are the significant things that you are, are referencing? Like I would say there's a bunch in the news and there's a lot in um, that like we grew up and we might, I might not have been old enough to remember, but it's where I, where the world is today is nine uh, 11, the uh, wars in Afghanistan, then the financial crisis in 2008. And I think that everyone our all of our parents lived through this and they had kind of a breakdown themselves over it. A lot of people. And I think that that kind of shaped where the kids ended up. Interesting. And what about Columbine? Uh, well, there were so many of these mass shooting events and I think that we all became desensitized to it. So we're desensitized to the major news events. So somebody gets two days ago, somebody got shot in the Capitol building and everyone's like, and I don't think that anyone re understands the significance. They're just like, oh yeah, another person got shot and by the police. Well, okay. So this, so, so let's take this back to manifestation, right? You're looking at this world with all of this craziness stuff that maybe, maybe, you know, I, we didn't have to grow up, up, you know, with as far as, you know, the, the extremes of it. I mean, how is that going to impact your generation's manifesting? I think it's based on what other, uh, it's like how everybody chooses to acknowledge it. And if people are acknowledging it in an accelerationist way, and they're like, this is just the beginning of a, of a series of negative things that are gonna happen, then I think it really creates those negative things. And like if, the, if everybody on the news is saying, oh, this is just the beginning of a series of terrible events, then everybody's gonna believe that and they're gonna help create it. Well, so how do you, how do you reverse that? Understand. You know, okay, so there's, you know, there's lots of research out there that says that the most powerful, influential um, consciousness or manifestors of our society. Now, this is those are my words. The conscious, the manifestors. Um, the science has a different word for it, but is the twenty somethings. The twenty somethings have the most because they're they're in they're purchasing the most. They're demanding the most. I mean, like I'm settled in my house. You know, I, I bought my home. I've got my plants in the corner like and you know I'm not but when you're first getting started in life you're, you're actually generating a lot of of the market and demand and things like that so what I'm just wondering is with all of this that you've grown up with and last time we talked about how the expectations feel kind of extreme right like move out and buy a mansion and drive a Lamborghini um, <laughs> um, which is probably not that realistic I just you know wonder how that's gonna, how as a society we're going to be able to help your generation remember the positive influences the you know as they're experiencing the negative at the same time well i think that the uh the desensitive the desensitizing that's happened has really made us numb to the point where we don't really care and we we are shedding these expectations and we are and all these new sects of people are being created that are just like i'm going to do what i want and this is what i want and if I want to go live out in a commune in the middle of the forest, who's going to stop me? And people are more likely to just say, screw it, I'm going to go do it. Mm, interesting. So you and I talked about some questions you might have. 
Do you want to throw anything in my direction? Well, I want to know how uh, you were raised on manifesting. How did you come to understand that that was part of your, what you needed in your tool book? Hmm, good question. Well, you know, your grandma, Pat, was was always kind of a, you know, optimistic. And she really had a drive of like, you just have to make it happen. You know, she liked to say things like, I can't make you feel anything. <laughs> your feelings are your feelings. You know, like there was, I mean, she definitely had um, a drive to herself that was, you know, about getting things done and she, you know, overcome a lot of obstacles with regards to her profession and things like that, um, that she was able to create a reality for herself. And so watching her do that, um, you know, and, and, you know, also I, I did do, I did create what I expected to create of myself going forward from that perspective, like from the, that teaching. Um, but that also kind of turned me into a box checker. Um, so I, you know, got through school really quick. I, you know, got married. Um, not that I regret getting married or having kids, but I, I did it all very like in a very specific right way. Um, and then, and then um, there was a, a, some, a series of kind of breakdowns, probably ego breakdowns similar to what you're describing, um, where it was kind of like I'd done everything and things were still not exactly going where I wanted them to go. And, and I say exactly, they weren't going anywhere where I wanted them to go. So I had a bit of a breakdown and then I was invited to a friend's house to actually watch The Secret. And when I watched The Secret, I, it, something just clicked inside of me that was like, oh, it was like a remembering rather than a being taught. Like I just all of a sudden was like, that's right. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot that skill that I had. And so after that, I really just started um, you know, I mean, I, I was becoming an energy healer and I was learning through working with other people about their manifestation blocks. I was learning I was be, and I was able to see how if you cleared certain aspects out that the manifestations could happen. It wasn't it wasn't, though. It's not it's not a perfect formula because you are bringing as far as manifestation goes, you're bringing all these things in. Right. So I'm still manifesting from my fears. And I'm still manifesting for my desires still to this day, even though I know this stuff. Um, and when I recognize that I'm manifesting for my fears, I try to make a conscious shift, but it's not always instantaneous by, by any means. So I guess to answer your question, I mean, I, I definitely was raised to be a compli more compliant and I was an M very compliant person. <laughs> um, and I also, had like this kind of kick in the butt from the universe that was like, that's not how you're going to do it. Uh, did you just reach a point uh, where you said I should be satisfied with where I'm at and I'm not? What's, what's the block? Well, it was more crisis-y than that. <laughs> um, there, I mean, there were some things that happened um, with your dad and I and with, you know, just working my butt off for corporate, corporate, America and just seeing like, wh why do I have all this stuff and still not feel like I'm me? Um, and, and, you know, the stuff that happened with your father, I know now was a soul contract and it was part of getting me to kind of wake up. And I kind of got into this position right then where I was like, screw it, screw everybody. I've done exactly what everybody else wanted me to do, be who you wanted me to be. And I'm done doing that. I'm done doing that. And I 
I think I kind of had to get to that point where I was mad enough to say so. Like I, ha I had to be pushed into just saying I'm going to be me. And when I started trying to figure out who I was, that was not easy. Was it, would you compare it to like a breakdown of ego? Like you were saying earlier? For sure. Is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, mine didn't happen. I was really, really at your age, I was plugging along in the box checking world, doing lots of good things, good things that, good things that are, you know, getting me forward in life. Yeah. That was a good question. What else do you wonder? Um, I also wonder, uh, did you have any inclination of energy healing at when you were, or like of the energy world when you were little? Yes. Um, so was, it, was it rejected at the same time? Was it what? Uh, just a follow up to that. Was it rejected? Were you rejected for thinking this? Way? Yes. I mean, there, there was certain things that I knew I could do that then later I was kind of taught, Oh, I really can't do that just by, more just by the people around me being like, oh, that's weird. Um, and I can't, I can't claim the skill right this today, but I um, told a bunch of kids when I was like in elementary school, I told a bunch of kids in the neighborhood that I could move objects with my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, prove it. And I went, I went like that and opened the back screen door and they all ran out of the house screaming and they were like, she's a witch, that didn't give me the reputation I was going for when I did that. Uh, <laughs> um, and then, you know, into middle school, um, I, you know, I messed around a lot with energy and, and I also messed around with channeling and not necessarily in a, in a very clear way because I channeled whatever. And oftentimes it would be like dark, scary people, things, because that's what gets a slumber party all riled up. Right. And so, um, and I didn't, do it on purpose I just I wasn't in control of it and I wasn't aware of like benevolence versus malevolence and that stuff when I was doing it um you know and then I had some other stuff that happened um just stuff that I knew or epiphanies that I had um but really when I met your father he was just kind of like that stuff's weird and I was like okay I don't want to be weird I want to be normal and so I stopped doing all that stuff for a little while and I can't really blame him I was I was willing to conform like I said I was definitely in the conforming phase so, but I also didn't know until I was in the kind of crisis space that I can see auras and that is not normal. Like other people don't necessarily see auras. I didn't know that skill was anything different because I didn't, I didn't go around comparing notes. Do you see that halo of light around people? I just thought everybody saw that stuff. I got one more for you. Okay. Uh, do you think that if you were where I'm at now and you understood this manifestation and positive thinking and how it shapes your reality that you'd be in a different place? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, that gets into a debate about like fate versus will and soul contracts and soul journeys. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm on the path I was meant to be on. And I, and I think people kind of, they maybe glamorize like learning this information or teaching this information to their children's going to set them up in a different way. I mean, I, I definitely thought that you were going to do something different with what I was, have been teaching you. I, um, I wouldn't have necessarily taken the, the twists and turns you've taken, but this is your life, your journey. And sometimes you come back to me and you say things that I'm like, that is what I said, but the way you're interpreting it isn't what I meant for you to interpret. So, you know, I, I mean, I think, if I, if I were you knowing what you know right now, 
um, and looking at the world, I guess I probably would be pretty overwhelmed about what my responsibility is to manifesting the world that's coming. Do you feel overwhelmed? Sometimes, yeah. By, um, but I think that that comes to partially just the uh, microscope that everything gets put under nowadays. Yeah. And you're, and you, if everything in the world is being overanalyzed, you start to overanalyze your thoughts and actions. That's true. I mean, you definitely are a little less um, philosophical and analytical today than you were last podcast. A little bit. Yeah. What? How come? I don't know, I think the, the topic really is a different perspective and I think that it's hard to be philosophical about creating your own reality because I think it's all about philosophy and that there's not really that much give to it because there's it's it's fairly black and white in terms of the negative versus positive. And the negative thoughts will impact your rea reality negatively and a positive thoughts will impact your reality positively. So, so you know, we, you know this to be true, but I mean, you've lived a fairly privileged life, would you say? Yes. Um, so, how does somebody who doesn't have the privilege under their belt get positive? Um, that's, I think, that's what the hard, hard part about it is, because if you're having trouble with your daily needs, then it's a lot harder to not even positively think, but to start analyzing what you're doing and if you're working a ton to and you don't have this time all this these two weeks to have an ego breakdown how are you supposed to realize what you actually want or have the tools to access what you actually want i would say that you would feel very disenfranchised hmm. right so then so i guess you know because this all sounds fine and dandy right i and and i know sometimes people want to slug me when i'm like telling them like let's just change your, the way you're thinking about something sometimes they're like have you seen my life like what do you mean just think differently and then it'll be different um i mean there's kind of sometimes these people you know pretty attached to the storyline and the negative part of that storyline i guess and and i feel like you maybe have experienced that attachment to the negative storyline yeah a little bit lately because i think that if um a good example is if you have a really good day, some really good things happen to you. You go and you, like, let's say you go to a concert and you have a really good time at the concert, but on the way home from the concert, you get in a car wreck. You're not going to be thinking about the concert. You're going to be thinking about the car wreck. Okay. And I think that one negative thing can throw off a very positive day. True. So, so it kind of takes a little bit of discipline to be able to say, oh, I had a really bad car accident and at least I'm, I'm not hurt. Yeah, or, or at least have good insurance, or at least I'm still here, or, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't want to be, like, into, like, the sappy, gross positivity, because to me, that can be a little, that can be toxic positivity, you know, like, you have to be positive all the time. That's, I don't think that's what I've taught you. Yeah, but I do think that the scales weigh differently on negative things versus positive things, because you kind of have to build up positive things for yourself to kind of reinforce and negative things can tear it down real quick. Uh, I think that could just be your relationship with negativity too. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, if you choose to be, let it be taking you down and you won't let yourself let it go, then, you know, I, I don't know. I just find, and that, and you know, the, we should wrap up here quickly, but I just find that I think if we're t trying to talk about manifestation, 
surrounding ourselves with supportive people who don't let us so negative, don't let us bitch too long about what's going on. Don't let us, don't reinforce it and be like, yeah, man, your life's terrible, you know, but instead being around people who are like, you got this, you know, yeah, that sucks and that's hard. And I'm sorry, I have compassion for you, but I'm not gonna get into the whole negative story with you. Well, I would go back to the metaphors you're seeing. So you were saying like, oh, thank God you're okay. Uh, at least you didn't, at least you have good insurance. There's also that aspect where someone could tell you, oh my God, I can't believe you got in a car wreck. That sucks. That's terrible. It's such a terrible thing that happened to you after that such great thing. And then you go, yeah, it is such a terrible thing that happened. Well, and I would say even what you just said wouldn't be that bad, but it'd be the friend who was like, dude, what are you going to do now? I mean, now you don't have a car that works. And now your whole life is like, now you got to pay your deductible. You have no money. Like, you know, like I could, you know, they were adding to the story too, you know, of how, how messed up you are. I think that's what I meant. I think you put it in a better way. Yeah. All right. Well, so what shall we talk about next week? I don't know. Did you have any ideas? Well, I mean, I, I feel like it's important for us to keep talking about the ideas of manifesting and creating, um, you know, and, and what it looks like when you're starting off life versus in the middle of life, you could get, get grandma on here at some point and see later in life. I don't know, but you're, but really, you know, I think we can just keep talking about, about these concepts and how we can apply them logically. Um, and not just, you know, metaphorically. Yeah or in that ideal la la land, you know, but actually, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks for the chat. Thank you. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.